to Deeply Disturbing Things, the podcast. I'm Macy. I'm Naomi. And we're two anxious counselors who like to talk about deeply disturbing things. Jump into the vortex with us. You notice how I didn't say our vortex that time? Yeah, no, that was good. The vortex. The vortex. I'm separating. I'm putting it out there. It's, it's you know, out there. Sometimes we need to take less ownership, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Where'd, where'd my wine go? There it is. So if if you have listened to us for a while, you know that we've um, done a lot of like chit chat before we start our topics. Well, we have moved all of our chit chat to our exclusive Podbean patron only content, which you can access for the low price of one dollar. One dollar can help. Do not feel like you cannot help. It all adds up. It does. It makes a difference. It does. I mean, right now we have what? Three dollars. We have five dollars. We have five (laughs) dollars. Wow. That is. Which all goes to a good cause. Almost two cans of wine. We do you know how much this can of wine is? This can of wine is five (laughs) dollars. Have you not? We need five more patrons. Have you not been (laughs) seeing the inflation happening? I know. I paid $89 for my gay ass. (laughs) (laughs) We have to buy wine. We have to buy adapters. We have to buy. All the time. Adapters don't last. All the time adapters. We have to buy. Well, Macy has to buy gas to drive here. So thank you for supporting us ahead of time. Podbean patrons. It is not a Patreon. Patreon is a different uh, monetization platform. But it sounds better. Maybe we'll explore in the future. It sounds better, though. Well, maybe we'll explore it in the future, but right now... Our patron... Podbean patrons. In stars. Yes, you are our in stars. Okay, because you're in. Like Flynn? Oh, that's a bad thing. We've covered And you're bright like stars. (sighs) That's not what it comes from. I know. You're more like a butterfly's process you're a, of metamorphosis. You're a stage of metaphor, more and more forces. Whoa. <laughs> this is going to be a great day. It's I'm hot so in here. It's already toasty. I'm already regretting wearing such a thick sports bra. <laughs> no, it's real hot in here. I apologize for not having the AC in yet. But Thanks. it all of a sudden became summer, like literally in the last three days. It has been 60s. It has been raining. Right. And all of a sudden uh-huh. now it's hot. I, I sent an email last week to a coworker and I said, we need to prepare for summer bubble. And I was like, wait a minute, it is summer. <laughs> I didn't get that through my brain. And, and now it's like 89. It's summer. All right. I get to go first today. Okay. Is yours cheerful? What does that mean? I mean, is it cheerfully disturbing? <laughs> There's no, I mean, um, yeah. Okay. Great. Right. It is. Because mine is not. So no, I'm just wondering be, if we had balance. This today. will be a light start compared if you have m- mass murder, death, suicide, m- killers. This will be lighter. I have it some is still of those deeply words. disturbing. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. What does <laughs> what does pet breeding? Oh my god, our topics are linked. I'm not even there yet. I know, but I already went there. What does pet breeding and Mickey Mouse have in common? Oh, gosh. I don't know. You just sit with that. Sit with that. We're going to answer those questions here today on this podcast. I started this 
was a rabbit trail topic starts I'm here, here for it. and we get to a place. I'm here for it. Okay. Have you heard of the term baby face? I mean, like what? What like, does that mean? What does a baby face mean? I, I mean, I just immediately thought of baby face killer, the rapper. And that's, that's all I got. You literally destroyed my lead in. Sorry. If you were to say to someone that they had a baby face, what does that mean? Like an adult? Yeah. Like, I guess that it's kind of round and squishy. Okay. (laughs) I wasn't going that. I mean, it it looks young and innocent, right? Baby face, kind of simple. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say innocent. Not everybody would go baby face killer. Killa? Is it Killa? Killa. I know. Killa? Uh, okay. Killa, my Dilla. So there is actually, you may not know this, there is a canine equivalent called pet face. It's the same terminology, same concept as baby face is pet face. Where it's a person looks like... It's a puppy-like a feature. No, you're, you're really off today. You're really off. Well, maybe you're just need to explain it better. I'm, you're cutting in. (laughs) You asked me a question. A while ago. (laughs) I thought we were still in Q&A. No. Sorry. (laughs) So puppy, it's puppy-like features on common breed, certain breeds of dogs. Oh. For instance, let me. I'm afraid to even say anything. I'm not going to say anything. You should just pause. No, I am. French, English Bulldogs, Cavalier, King Charles Spaniels, and Pugs are some of the ones that are known for for pet face. Um, They have like the awkward little shuffle gait, the large heads, bulging eyeballs, and they're like everybody's fur babies. And what about those dogs that look like stuffed animals? Yes, absolutely. They're so cute. Same, same. So cute. Same, same, but different, but same. Okay. So cute. So, unlike some of their cousin dogs, but even some of those, we'll get to those, they have juvenile traits that are systematically built into their DNA through centuries of breeding. They want them to appear puppy-like. So, that's a problem for some reason. So, First is that many of these traits that make a dog cute also make them very unhealthy. Okay, so some of them include uh, some of the, so features don't just happen. You don't just breed for features. What you do is you breed, um, you to breed a feature, you are actually looking for a behavioral trait that then ties with things in the rest of their body. Everything's connected, right? So respiratory disorders, uh, they have higher higher odds of respiratory disorders. They have more skin conditions, reproductive issues. They get are more prone to eye injuries. Yeah, I've read like the smashed faces that are um, mm-hmm. desirable make it really hard for some breeds to to breathe, and so they mm-hmm. snore. But even on social media, like on YouTube, people will post like, "Look how cute my dog's snoring, my little pug snoring." Like it's has been deemed as cute for us humans to have that dog have that health problem. That's a useful reframe. Yeah. For people that won't, you know, to feel good about having a bred dog, mm-hmm. highly bred. A highly bred dog. <laughs> My dog is highly bred. 
It's also called purebred in a lot of places. Uh, and they get rewards like ribbons. I was and looking special dog food. <laughs> this is a, a quick digress. Oh, it's fine. Let's I was away. looking at those Sphinx cats that are real popular now. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, just like what just one cost? I just wanted to look. Just curious. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad when you look at the way that they're marketed. Mm-hmm. There's the ones that are like potential for show. And then there's the ones that are like cheaper that are like house pet. Like it's <laughs> they're totally downgraded. <laughs> Because they don't have those desirable features. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I would get one of those. I would pet. get a house pet category of Sphinx cat. Well, and and I'm just going to get out of the way here. I'm not going the route of right, wrong. I'm just saying healthy, unhealthy. And then we're going to talk about and you decide. a tangent. Yes. Um, there's lots of opinions about this on both sides, because although there can be Downsides, there are also ability to breed out health issues or and to maybe uh, prolong the um I can't believe how linked our topics are. This really? is great. Okay. <laughs> On cool. so many levels. <laughs> so these little little dogs, these puppy-like looking adult dogs, uh have skyrocketed for what people are wanting and willing to pay for them. Uh, but there's very little education out there as far as to the health problems. So a lot of people will spend the money for the dog and may not have the means or the knowledge to take care of it right uh, with all those health problems. And a lot of like the way that they get there is through a lot of inbreeding because to get pure genetics means more inbreeding and that creates more health problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the French bulldog, got an idea of what they look like, little Frenchie. I love them. They're okay. so cute. They look like bats. On the plus side. That's Lady Gaga's dogs that got kidnapped. Yes, yes, yes. I remember that. <laughs> so they're very charismatic, small dogs, low maintenance, doesn't need a lot of exercise, stays close to the owner, a very perfect pet. But the health issues associated, they have um, wide, flat skulls, which can lead to brachiophobia brachiocephaly. Good job. Thanks. Uh, Which means they often need higher than the average amount of veterinary care. And they are also forced to rely on humans to clean their wrinkles and in, and giving birth, they can't have natural birth either. Mm, Yeah. The American Kennel Club, which oversees dog breeding standards in the United States stipulates that Frenchies should quote, have bat ears along with heavy wrinkles forming a soft roll over the extremely short nose. But those bat ears are actually prone to infection. AKC even notes that themselves. Um, And because of their short faces, Frenchies have less tolerance for heat, exercise, and stress, which impacts their ability to breathe. So any strenuous exercise, any heat can actually cause heat stroke very quickly. Um, They can be out of breath and even faint. Keep them cool. Yeah. And it also knows that the dog wrinkles can be prone to yeast and bacterial infections and need to be cleaned regularly. So like you're really getting a high maintenance baby and not planning for that because they're cute. Right. And they usually get them young and then you get them, they grow old and they have health problems. Which is why I may consider getting a dog as a empty nest reaction. Just to have that thing to take care of. This is so on point. Because we're not even in it yet. 
We're not even in it yet. But I can't get a dog now because I am still. I'm not trying to give you a dog. I'm still upset about Lisa's passing and I can't go there. I still cannot go there. I, I yeah. Like, just, no. I can't even. I, <laughs> that's going to be me. It's R.I.P. Lisa, like, all the when time. When Abu dies, I'm going to have his face on a t-shirt and I'll wear that. Oh, you should see the giant portrait of Lisa in Stella's room. <laughs> <laughs> I have that that picture of, of Boo on a uh, Scotsman with, uh, what's it called? The oh, instrument. yeah, the bagpipe. Yes. It's bagpipe boo. That thing. Yes. Okay. So this is called breed confirmation. So trying to get them to conform to breed conformities. So you're breeding together two dogs with the genetic factors that you're looking for. And it can cause a lot of suffering. Um, there are some benefits as well. Uh, so really purebreds emerged mainly out of the Victorian period. So when middle class city dwellers started regularly keeping pets for themselves and their kids rather than just as farm animals. And around this time, and this is when the eugenics movement was preaching that it was mm. possible to breed pure and ideal animals and humans. And this is also during this time is when Darwinism was like really, um, Darwin was a big focal point I'm distracted. She's putting a book in the window. I'm just trying to give us a little more air. Is the other window open? The double? There's uh, two windows, right? It's broken. Oh, okay. So, yes. This is as good as it gets. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, I might be able to open that window, but I didn't need another book. It should The sun should go down. <laughs> the sun will go down in five hours, but it's cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, it makes sense why this is starting in this time period. The systemic um, breeding of animals in the 19th century, uh, animal welfare scientist James A. Serple uh, wrote in Companion Animal Ethics, although there were already clearly distinguishable breeds of dogs and other domestic animals before this, the new trend was characterized by a conscious effort to improve domestic animals through controlled breeding. So eugenics is now looked upon, um, you know, poorly by humans. <laughs> It's in many ways alive still in the pet world. Uh, the ideal of a purebred dog is somehow more valuable and desirable and is upheld by kennel clubs, breeders, the cost is higher. And then it ties in with social economics too of wealthier people being able to it's purchase a status these, symbol. Exactly. Versus um, people who may not be able to afford that dog with more health problems. I've had some fantastic mutts. I... Yeah, they Fantastic. live. They live forever. So smart. Of Both of my dogs, until they hit old age, never had to go to the vet for anything, like other than mm -hmm. just checkups. Yeah, yeah. So over time, purebred dogs became a form of status. Like you're talking about, the toy breeds became a thing. Uh, the Kennel Club, which oversees British purebred dogs, says that Imperial Courts of China saw what they called sleeve dogs carried in ladies' kimonos, the Pekingese. Oh. While in Europe, the white Mediterranean breeds love for their size, had really white fluffy coats and contrasting dark skin pigment were carried around in ornamental baskets, and they were the toys of the ladies of the household. And um, Queen Elizabeth loves her corgis, which is another small breed. Yes, yes. Uh, other dogs, Yorkshire Terriers, Cavalier 
King Charles Spaniels, Pekingese, those kind of get in those categories. So it creates genetic diseases when you try to breed those dogs over and over again um, in the same lineage to try to get the same traits. So it's a double-edged sword. Uh, yeah, you need variety in the gene pool mm -hmm. for health purposes. A 2017 study of insurance claims conducted by the American Pet Insurer Nationwide found that um, those more flat-faced breeds are more than 100%, have more of a 100% increase in likelihood of claims of corneal ulcers, ocular trauma, and 80% uptick in the likelihood of skin cancer and fungal diseases, and 100% uptick in claims for pneumonia and heat stroke. Hmm. Which is interesting because most of the people who I know who own mutts don't carry pet insurance. <laughs> so they wouldn't even show up on here. Right. In all fairness. Right. Okay. So I'm going to switch gears a, a smidgen. Smidge. Mickey smidge Mouse. Smidge on over. Mickey Mouse. Okay. Do you know what year Mickey Mouse? The old years. 1915. Black and white years. Ended in 2015. Steamboat Willie. Good. Yes. Was his well first done. name. Well done. And he drove his actual steamboat. He did. You're so good. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Let me I really thrive on this praise you're throwing me. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. All right. So this won't make sense until it makes sense. Mickey Mouse, okay. who hit the movies and like late 20s was not actually the well-behaved Mickey Mouse that you are thinking of right now, the picture of him. He actually was mischievous early on. He had even a streak of cruelty at times. But over time, Mickey Mouse cleaned up his act, uh, leaving, you know, the his unresolved relationship with Minnie. <laughs> and some other issues kind of kind of got left behind and he really became a national symbol of virtue mm -hmm. which is interesting because that's not how he started and he was expected to behave properly at all times any times he wouldn't the studio would get tons of mail about how upset they were that he didn't follow these kind of social norms that's really a lot of pressure on mickey it is it's unfair so eventually Mickey got pressured into the role of a straight man. Was Mickey a gay man before? Or uh, Mickey, actually, isn't Mickey a mouse, not a man? Exactly. So what exactly. do we think? Exactly. He got humanized <laughs> into a straight man. And he was just a mouse. Was he a gay mouse before? I mean, he was a... I didn't maybe, follow maybe the business. relationship issues before. I think it was more ambiguous prior. Okay. Yeah. So Mickey just did what Mickey wanted to do. Yeah. Mickey didn't apply labels. No, Mickey was a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know enough about mice to know uh, about their orientations, I guess. I'm not the... So over time... To some more YouTube minute to am. already. Um, <laughs> over time... Mickey's personality started to soften and his appearance started to change. So I'm going to show you. Here's the picture of Mickey Mouse over time. Okay. All the way down here to the end. What do you notice? Can you just describe the uh, transformation? The nose is long at first and the tail is like down and then it, the nose starts perking up, 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 up. Mm -hmm. And the tail also starts going up. 
Um, what do you notice about head shapes? Uh, oh, rounder ear, head, ear bigger eyes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and fatter. Mm -hmm. Look at yeah, some parts of it you can't see, but um, what they in the older ones you saw his skinny little legs, <laughs> skinny little mouse legs. Oh, they hide they, his they legs. They put pants on. Yeah, they, they hide. hide his unsightly legs. His unsightly mouse legs. <laughs> okay, so. Here we go. Many Disney fans are aware that this transfer, like when you see Steamboat Willie, right? Like you are aware that it looks different, but few notice that all of the alterations over time as they were happening. And even the Disney artists themselves, this wasn't explicitly what they were trying to do. They just over time tweaking things based Was on Was it feedback. subconscious? Based on cultural norms of the Just times that were shifting. Hold yourself. You think you're close. You're sort of, but not. Hold myself. Okay, well. <laughs> I guess that's. <laughs> I'm still like thinking about early Mickey's undefined sexuality that I was not aware of. This like adds a whole new layer. I mean, I think it's I've never really been a huge Disney fan, well, but I maybe I need to be. More to do with the fact that they made him define it. Okay, I'm gonna have to look at some early reels, I guess, and see what was happening on that steamboat. I mean, I <laughs> sure, go for it. All right, so this Mickey became more and more inoffensive, and his appearance becomes more juvenile, more childlike. So his chronological age never actually changes, like most cartoon characters. So he's the same, and yet his appearance over time, he's become younger looking mm -hmm. the changes um that happen so he, if we think about like a newborn baby right they possess a relatively large head to a medium-sized body with kind of little legs and feet this gradient is reversed through growth uh, you know you get taller your legs and feet overtake your front end head continues to grow but very slowly compared to the rest of the body and the head size starts to decrease over time not what happens to Mickey. Because those everybody loves those big eyes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So cute. Yes. So that you ever done those filters where it gives you the big eye look? Oh no. I see other people do that and it makes me not want to do it. I feel like now we have to. Great. We'll post it for you all. <laughs> um other things like so the I mentioned the legs. So babies tend to have pudgier legs and feet. So part of giving him clothes over his legs makes them look wider, makes it look more child leg-like than a mouse thin leg. Boy, okay. People are really offended by those stickly mouse legs. I know. <laughs> I Cover mean, them once, up. Once I noticed, then I was offended too. I I'm offended. Put, put those little things away. Okay. So... Let's go ahead and jump in. Let's go to the fact that eye size went from 27 to 42% of his head length. His head length went from 42 to 48%. His length of his nose to front ear went from 71.7 .7 to a whopping 95.6% of his nose to rear ear ratio. His head is just getting bigger and bigger. It's going to explode. All right. Are you ready for some science? I love me some science. So, <laughs> Conrad Lorenz um, is a big 
behavioral person, <laughs> scientist. He believes that the features of juvenile, ju wow, juvenility, mm -hmm. youngness, trigger innate release mechanisms for affection and nurturing in adult humans. I'm sure. When we see a living creature with babyish features, we feel an automatic surge of disarming tenderness. Well, that's why I have so many damn cats. I know. I have because a they start in my as house right now. Big eyed kittens. I know. <sighs> Honestly, <laughs> if they stayed in that state, I would probably have 20 kittens. I know. I, I have kittens. You want a kitten? I, you know, I'm at my cat Max Capas. I just will ask. Three is too many. It's too many. So <laughs> we have this just innate biological urge, male and female, to nurture our babies. So Lorenz lists that, um, that really Mickey, this as it got larger headedness, the, the whole image of him becomes childlike. He even becomes kind of like, uh, what would be the word? Like cl clumsy. Yeah. Like, like a, like a toddler would be, but also with the morals and sexual fortitude of a straight adult Mickey. male. <laughs> it's odd. It's just odd. Is that why there's Disney fanatics? I'm thinking so. There's some like innate. Like they want to care for Mickey. Maybe babyness they want a baby mickey mm -hmm. or any of the characters in any disney movie yeah i've just not felt that so this power that the juvenile features hold over us can have an influence on how we judge people and animals by that same criteria so we in short are fooled by an evolved response to our own babies our own babies and we transfer our reaction to the same set of features in other animals. Many animals, for reasons having nothing to do with inspiration of affection in humans, like for their love for us back, possess some feature also shared by human babies, but not by adult humans. Large eyes, bulging forehead, think of dogs here, right? Retreating chin. We are drawn to them. <laughs> And we cultivate them and hoard them as pets. And well, we, they're so cute. We honestly. stop and admire them in the wild while we reject their small-eyed, long-snouted relatives <laughs> who aren't as cutesy. Puppies and kittens are really damn cute. They are. And okay, so think of a camel. Okay. I don't know what a camel baby looks like. Though. No, just a camel. Okay. An adult camel. Yeah. So research has shown that most people view camels as aloof and unfriendly. I am not judgmental towards the camel. I've never known a camel. Fair. They say because it mimics certain gestures of a haughty reaction. So in many human cultures. So what they do, they raise their heads. So they raise their heads up and they put their uh, nose kind of above their eyes. They hold their heads up mm. like that. Um, and then they they do this humph, harumph noise. Which do they? They harumph. They harumph, which <laughs> is kind of associated with people who are like, like, I'm better than you. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. A little mm -hmm. snoot in the toot. Yes. <laughs> I was thought it was really unfair that they took the camel as the um, camel cigarettes. It ruined it. Person. Ruined the camel. I mean, not actually ruined the camel. I, it's just mean. Like, the, the camel perception. has no say. The camel doesn't want to represent camel cigarettes. No, no, not at all. So this symbolizes for the camel to the human brain resistance. 
and we don't like resistance. Resistance <laughs> so it makes is us, futile. It makes us judge the camel whether it will actually just be nice to you or not. We're already judging camel. And then that changes our behavior. And then maybe the camel notices that and spits in your face. But so maybe it's actually your fault that it's been. I heard face. llamas spit too. Yeah, they do. When they're angry. I used to live above a llama farm. I have not spent enough time with either the camel or the llama. They don't appreciate being called llama. <laughs> maybe they do. Maybe they spit less when they are treated with deference. Okay, so in in Expression of Emotions in Man and Animals, published in 1872, Charles Darwin traced the evolutionary basis of many common gestures to the originally adaptive actions in animals um, and then related as symbols to humans. So he actually kind of took things like how when we're upset, like when people fight and they do that like upper lip thing, like mm, the snarl. Like a snarl. That's like a canine tooth animal thing. Mm -hmm. We don't actually use that <laughs> in that way. It's different. So we've taken an animal gesture and have translated it into a human thing. Yeah, we do that all the time. Yes. And so there's a lot of things like that that um, Darwin kind of called out at the time. Anthropomorphism. Yes. So the villains, I just want to call it, and Mickey Mouse were called, um, often called Sharpies. What? <laughs> but they contrasted Mickey. They were always more adult in appearance. And although they were the same age as Mickey. Were they longer in the snout? I'll show you a picture. So on one of them, like, he intrudes during him and Minnie's quiet country picnic. Mortimer is his name. And... Mortimer has a head only 29% of his body length to Mickey's 45 and a snout of 80% of his head length compared to Mickey's 49. Now, so we automatically don't like him. We automatically because don't. Because we don't like his face. We don't like his face. Look, ah, that's there's so his judgy face, of us. And he likes tries to steal Minnie away. So his long nose, his like, like his behavior. Why is he wearing bell bottoms? That like are too big for his butt. Right? <laughs> he almost looks more rat-like and you know how culture likes to put down the rat yes and but i gotta say like they're both mice <laughs> they just change how they look yeah i don't like it mm -hmm. i don't like what they're doing because now that you realize what they're doing like these are the same age and mickey looks five <laughs> five years old and that he looks what like 48 45. A grizzled 48. A grizzled 48. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that takes us, and I practice pronouncing this word. I'm going to forget it. Neoteny. Mm. I think I said that right. Have you heard of neoteny? Yeah. Where we like baby stuff. Yes. We like baby features. We like baby stuff, um, which is what we've just been talking about this whole time. But it actually traces back to the Bible. Um, and it also goes back to, uh, in 1885, Julius Coleman described the axolotl. Remember the axolotl? Oh, yes. Yeah. So the, the, the maturation of the axolotl, he, they remain in like a tadpole stage complete with gills, unlike other adults that become frogs and toads. So that's where it's also kind of talked about more formed like. And that makes them cute. Yes. So this is... 
Neoteny is in humans is the slowing or delaying of body development compared to non-human primates, resulting in features such as large head, a flat face, and relatively short arms. So this exists in humans too, which I was like, oh, weird. I didn't know that. And it's weird. These uh, neotonic changes may have been brought about by sexual selection in human evolution. Again, interesting. So human evolution's trends towards neoteny may have been caused by sexual selection in human evolution for neotenous face, facial traits in women by men with resulting neoteny in male faces as a byproduct of sexual selection. So they, a guy may pick a baby face person to mate with because they find them more, they have this innate desire. Some kind of attraction. Yes. And, and this also is sped up too, by the younger people are mating, <laughs> the younger, the mating, the more likely to reach out to another baby face person, but hopefully not actually a baby. No, we, that's why I identify what baby face was at the beginning. <laughs> it's for this moment. So these dudes are attracted to these uh, baby females with like ginormous foreheads. Yes. Okay. So big foreheads, flat faces. Big flat faces. Shorter arms. Shorter arms. Larger head. I'm sorry, but it's not sounding super attractive to me right now. <laughs> so I don't. But, I don't see it. I don't get it. But it's something that exists, and there's actual trends of showing sure. self-selected breeding that people have no idea that they're being driven by. Which, if it happens in Mickey Mouse, it happens in sex. I, I've Duh. read that. Um, That's all that Disney plays on. If the features are symmetrical too, that's mm. perceived as more attractive. Asymmetrical, right? No, symmetrical. I thought it was asymmetrical. They find it more no. attractive. Ew, no. Like actors. Where you have one eye down here and one up here? No, but like almost every actor has like, like what's his face with the bent nose? Like there's some like distinguishing Owen Wilson? feature. Yeah. No, but in the studies, the people with more symmetrical features were found more attractive. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which would align with this. Do you think Owen sure. Wilson is hot? Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> We've learned a lot already. So neoteny <laughs> is seen in domesticated animals like dogs and mice. This is because there are more resources available and less competition for those resources. So it's easier to have that happen over time. It happens more quickly for them to have sex and babies sex and babies, more sex and babies, more neoteny over time. That's a math equation, I'm sure. Okay, so neoteny can arise in species when those conditions occur and a species becomes sexually mature ahead of its normal development. So sometimes that can speed it up, like I mentioned before. And juvenile behaviors for like in order to get something let's see here let's think of an idea so when we have a dog for example if we go back to the dog's example we may not want it to be aggressive like as a house pet i don't need you to be aggressive if that's my intent for you to be my toy dog right i'm not buying a protector dog right so they will breed out the characteristics of aggression and in order to do that they're actually taking away specific physical traits Things like a longer snout, mm. more teeth, longer snout, more right. um, yeah. different features like that. So it's interesting because in order to get those 
things that we consider disposition, it's not actually just disposition. It's not like we're breeding a personality. <laughs> You're reducing physical traits that are inherent to those dispositions. Yeah, yeah. It's all connected. Okay, so you may get a smaller muzzle, smaller general size. Some common uh, neotenous physical traits include, and this could be in dogs, pigs, ferrets, cats, even foxes, but floppy ears, right? Yeah, yeah. Floppy ears, changes in their reproductive cycles. They may get curly tails from it. Um, I don't know what this is, but piebald coloration. Piebald? That's what it's called. I don't know. Mm. I'm sure it exists. Um, fewer shortened vertebra in their spine, larger eyes, rounded forehead, larger ears, and the short muzzle. I wonder if I would be more aggressive if they hadn't pulled out my two um, adult teeth as a child. No, it's just going to get passed down to your children. And then their children. It's, it's not just a you, you're impacted. It's over time. So my Genetics. kids are less aggressive. Because That's why that. this happens for years. It depends. What did your mom do? What did her mom do? I think I'm the first to have those teeth pulled out. So okay. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Have to we'll wait. Let's do see. a longitudinal study. And we'll study. see if it gets carried on if they get their theirs pulled. My kids are both way nicer than I am. That makes sense. They're constantly making me check myself. Yes. For my mean judgmentalness. Uh huh constantly because they're so like not judgmental. They are very nice yeah. yeah yeah so when working dogs <laughs> became companions that that change um humans then bred dogs to have those baby like traits those juvenile traits uh to try to become more companiony some breeds of dogs um like the saint bernard for example and the marima sheepdog are actually more neonatus than some other breeds of dogs so certain breeds have been bred more for that over time and like saint bernard i didn't even think of that as a breed i would have named but i'm going to show you some pictures a uh, hundred years ago of that breed the breed now so are they like see it. bred to be bigger a lot of them are and it's interesting like and then they get the hip problems you're and... like wow like what do they actually do like that it looks and poor great danes only ratio. live like five years it's so sad it's so sad um it does exist in other species i'm not going to go into all that okay here we go let's look at some dog breeds you ready i love dogs okay this is a little pug Aww. little puggles now let's look at it looks like it has long legs compared now. to today. Yeah, I was about to say, call yeah. out what you see. Longer legs, smaller Smaller body. head. Smaller yeah. body. Yeah. I think the ray he- head's much smaller than the body yeah. ratio. Now it has much shorter legs and bigger head. More wrinkles. Look how More big wrinkles. that the wrinkles are. Like Shorter the, tail. The wrinkles are actually like over the eyes here and over the nose. Do you see how small that nose wrinkle is compared to this one? Yeah, yeah. Which creates, I mean, I know that from just from bulldogs, like the infections and you have to keep it clean is much harder. Ears are perkier here. Bigger. In the past, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in the past. So, yeah, that would be the pug. Bull terrier. Aw. Look how pretty. To now. Yeah, a lot. Stockier. Stockier, shorter. um, Before it was the target dog, it was the Spuds McKenzie dog. Oh, that's true, yeah. But you see the forehead? The forehead on the old bull terrier was not flat. No, I actually think it's cuter in the old days. 
Yeah, they, I mean, they bred somehow, somewhere, some deviation happened and they just kept breeding. Somebody thought that was a desirable trait. Mm -hmm. I think they wanted to make different like types Mm -hmm. and they're like, let's make this type. Irish setter. No forehead. Very pretty. An Irish setter now. So, so you see, look at the head shape. Longer hair. Look at the cranium size. So the old cranium is like much more rounded, I think. And this one is like very maybe bulbous. Like Oh, bulbous. I don't know. It looks more bulbous, bulbous to me. Bulbous head shape. <laughs> um, yeah. So, mm, kind of hard to tell because it's running. Okay. West Highland uh, Terrier. Oh my gosh. Cutie. They're so cute. To now. So... They don't look that different, actually. <laughs> I see. From what I can see, uh, the snout looks a little shorter, a little more staunt in the face. I made up that word, staunt. Okay, stauncher long... now. Yes, less, less less long. Okay, less staunt before. Yeah, if you see like the, I mean, it seems. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell if that one has a haircut. But, okay, oh, sheep dogs. Look at that. That's kind of what I imagine a sheepdog looking like is the old classic, old English yeah. sheepdog. But this is how they look Whoa. now. So Looks he's totally different. He's obviously blown out, like his hair is blown out, but his face, like you can see like the normal snout, very squared up. And this the nose is like really big, made to look like big button nose. And the mouth is like in. Oh, further back. Mm-hmm. That chin being in. Yeah. In chin. In chin. Basset hound. They oh. are so cute. And basset hounds now. So they really played on basset hound features. So ears are longer. What else? Um, it looks like the legs now are harder to actually use as legs. Yeah. Like they, it's almost like they made them longer legs than the original basset. But they look, but they were proportional then. It looks like there's a lot of pressure on the joints. Yeah. Like those knees don't look real. It doesn't look healthy. <laughs> no. Those knees look like, and, and the picture, the dog in the picture is lying down. Like I understand. I would be lying down too. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's hard to see the length here. I mean, they look maybe similar, but the obviously bigger head, the head has been made to be bigger. More yeah. again, and bulbous. the ears are way longer, mm-hmm. like way longer. Doberman. Oh my god, I love Dobermans. Look at that pretty Doberman. They are so handsome. All right, now, now. All right, uh, feature differences. I don't know. That old one looks fucking badass. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I see this looks thicker to me a little bit. The torso and the yeah, old one? Yeah, and like a thicker neck where this has like a thinner, longer, like they're made. It looks very lean now versus where, I mean, Dobermans probably were more of a work class dog back then. So they had more muscle tone to them. That's probably all that, that I can see. Yeah, they're cute. Dachshund, little dachshund. So they were long back then too. In case you were curious, <laughs> they still were. But here's dachshund now. Way longer. Way, Way longer. Look at the legs. Mm-hmm. Like they have no legs now. Yeah, they like cut the leg length in half. At least. At least in half. No, I think it's like a third of the leg. It's now. like those low driving cars where like they bottom out going into the driveway. Are you like... talking about a lowrider? Yeah. Low bottom cars. Aww. Oh, Macy. <laughs> and the ears like I don't know they 
the nose is much more flat. On I mean, the trying to breed them so long, I wonder if they have like back problems. Oh, they do. I had a friend that had a dachshund and back problems, um, ear infections were pretty common. Do they get offended if you call them a wiener dog? Yes. Okay. I will try to refrain from they using that harmful term. They want you to use their name. Dachshund. Or Charlie was Charlie. his name. But... Just call him their name. Like, okay, yeah. I get it. Newfoundland. Newfoundland. I love Newfoundland. And this is them now. Whoa. Yes, they are much more bulb. Now that's that like bulbous forehead. Yes, right. <laughs> you start to see it more when you're like, oh yeah, no. There's... And the nose is a lot more upturned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot taller. I mean, I think this one's bigger and thicker set. I, that's probably a hundred pounds on that dog in the top. Yeah. Easy. Huge. Mm-hmm. German Shepherd. Oh, so So cool. pretty. Like, so I can already say right off the bat, it looks like trim. <laughs> yeah. They're a lot beefier now. Yeah. They're beefier. They have like a bigger chest. And now they have like the low butt. Yeah. Their butt drops. And then the old days, they didn't have the low butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I mean, the ears still are big, but I think they're bigger here. It's hard to tell in the picture angle. Yeah. Okay. Scottish Terrier. Oh my gosh. Is it a little Scotty dog? Looks way different though. Look at that. Wait. Yeah. Different. Way different. The <laughs> way old different. one has such an angular nose. He has an angular nose. He looks, you know, what I would imagine, because they were used to like, like get rats and stuff out of the ground or like yeah, yeah. different rodents. So that dog looks like it could do that versus this dog, I don't think, has the, no, the that, fortitude. That's a pillow dog. It's a pillow dog. Airedale Terrier. Very squared up. Handsome. He's squared up handsome. Let's see. Similar. Uh, very, yeah, he's pretty similar. Yeah, looks the same. Mm-hmm. Maybe a smidge bulb here. You see the bulby head. Smidge more bulbous Look. in the forehead. Yeah. A smidge of the bulb bulge. <laughs> Rottweiler. This blew me away because that does not look like. No, the a head Rottweiler. is so small. Now it they small head. make them have massive heads, but now they have neck problems because of that. Yeah. I mean, this. Like looks... they can't support their damn heads. They're too big. This looks like a black lab with just different coloration. And then people put giant, enormous chains, chains. around their neck to make their right. necks bulk up even and bigger. And that's them now. And it's like. Gosh, they're what? so cute. I heard that's the most um, dog attacks or Rottweilers. Dog on human attacks. Dog on humans. Or Rottweilers. Yeah. Um. They're so handsome, though. They are handsome. You can kind of see that, like, the chest looks similar, but, like, the back end, they made bulkier. Yeah, it's got a big old butt now. Mm-hmm. Big old forehead, big old butt. Shorter snout. Ginormous neck. Yeah, the snout's shorter, too. It's longer in the olden days. Yeah. Olden days of dog lore. Okay. So cute, okay. though. Okay, and I think... Oh, another one Shetland, Shetland Shetland sheepdog I don't know much about these it's a sheepdog I don't know about these it's that one. Oh, lassie dog yeah okay so like they almost look more I don't know what the word would be smaller um, shorter they had a shorter nose in the past and they have a longer more it's the bulbous head it's the, the bulbous forehead. What is up with that baby? Because it makes them have they that love baby babies. face. Boxer. Oh, so cute. That is 
interesting. It has really long legs. Long legs really and long very legs. squared up face. Super handsome though still. But look at that. That is a huge difference. Yeah. Now it's Much like flatter face. Twice now. as tall. They made it tall with a very smudge nose and a big bulby Bigger head. chest and much flatter Ooh, face. Yeah, it's eyebrows. Its eyebrows are like over its eyeball sockets. Like, but like protruding out. Mm. Long neck too. Very long neck. Great Dane. I love Great Danes. I love them too, but I could never have one because it would just kill me. Be in mourning constantly. So there's him before. Here's him after. So definitely thicker through the midsection in the past. He was very square. Almost looks mastiffy. Um, and the head was pretty square, which it is still looks oh. unusual in the new picture because the ears are not. Yeah. Up. But the big jowls, do you see the big jowls that they have now where the skin of the lips hangs down? It's interesting that in the old days they were already putting the ears up. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that either, that it was fashionable at the time. Fashion. Chow chow. Dog fashion. Chow chow. They have changed a lot. <laughs> Much longer snout. those dogs are just mean. You know, I think there's a lot of stigma about that. I agree because I, I, I've told people that. Well, I've never owned a chow. <laughs> I've met a chow mix and it was mean. I've known people <laughs> who say they know me. It had chows. the purple tongue and it was mean. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it looks much. Maybe they just bigger. have a bad rep. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe there's some sweethearts out there. Oh, this is the Saluki. Very skinny, long, thin dog. Not heard of the Saluki. Very thin, but this is them now. They're like. What is wrong with that dog? They make them almost like try to look like a greyhound now. So they've been bred to be super thin. I can see all his ribs. Yeah, I don't like it. And his face is super Why does thin. its hair look kind of mangy? That's how they breathe them. They want that that's the desirable that's look. That's the that's the AKC look. That's the right? standard. All right. Gotta see the ribs and you gotta look a little mangy. Got long legs <laughs> and mangy. With your bulbous forehead. Woo! Well, now you know about knee. Now I'm not going to say what Neotney, which you already knew about, but Neotney and Mickey Mouse and dog breeding. Okay. Mm -hmm. Was that light enough for you? Yes, thank you. you. I really enjoyed looking at the dog pictures. I know, me too. I love dogs. I used to watch those dog like kennel shows. I used yeah. to follow that stuff. I had someone, someone say, like, you must be a cat person because you have cats. And I said, no, I'm a dog person. The cats just have better mind control. I'm a I'm a dog person, too. I just have all these cats. I know. It's the mind control. <laughs> They're really good at it. And my cats have the best life. We have a catio. I they have an urban wall that they can climb in the living room. cats outside, the neighborhood community cats. <laughs> I bought an outdoor cat shelter. I even bought a cooling pad yesterday because it was hot outside. No, my cats are freaking spoiled. What is this mind control? They're not even, none of them are even my cats. One is Asher's, the evil one. And then the two brother. Not Asher's not evil, just the cat. Right. Kiwi is evil. Mm -hmm. And then the two brothers are Skylar's. Obi and Lane. I don't know. I mean, I think I've seen Lane. Who's Nobody Lane? ever sees Lane. That's Obi's brother. I didn't know Obi had a brother. <laughs> I know. That's the thing about Lane. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the weird middle child that nobody yes, ever hears from. Exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> and whenever you do see him, you call him Obi, and then you have to go, oh, no, it's Lane. <laughs> oh, it's, it's his brother. Oh, it's Obi's brother. No, that's true. I have I have uh, the kitten Nugget, and then the other kitten I called Littlefoot, and then it's the other brother. There's three. <laughs> See? And the Lane other one like has other brother. cute kitten faces, and the other brother has like kind of a long adult. I said he looks like a mini adult cat. Oh, and he doesn't see? have a name. He has the other. That's brother. what happens when you don't Neotney. have the baby face. Yotney. Then you're just called the other brother. And cat. then he becomes a stray because no one will adopt him. If you need a kitten, please Sad. let me know. reach out. He see, that's why I was going to get the house cats category of those sphinx cats because I felt bad for him. Well, because you don't have quite those yes. markings or quite the features. And that's the whole thing. You're relegated I, to lesser than. <laughs> yeah. I did not go into the like overbreeding of animals, that whole side of it. But they are, we we have too many. There are millions of yes. pets in Please go shelters, to a shelter. Many of them. Definitely not a pet store. No. And breeders and puppy mills are all bad things. I'll just. That, that there that's what you get lusa who was a pure pit um she was a double rescue mm. so we rescued her from her rescue home because that was shitty too sad i know mm. and she was the best dog mm. oh i just cry thinking about lusa all right you're gonna be amazed by how our our <laughs> topics are linked bring it on but yours is, was was lighter it did go lighter. mine's pretty dark um so i was all launching on that serial series on like ways we are controlled and then somebody reminded me of this and i was like oh yeah we have to talk about that on the deeply disturbing things podcast okay that's the nice thing of it being our podcast and you can do whatever we want we can do whatever <laughs> we want I am going to discuss bestiality. Oh, great. <laughs> focusing. I think how it's related already. On the Enumclaw horse sex case. I don't know about this. But you know where Enumclaw is. It's, it's in local. Washington. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Over on the other side. I love a local. I love a local too. Bestiality was legal in Washington state. <laughs> wow, you're just jumping right in there. All right. <laughs> I am. Until when do you I think? I love that our that my topic kind of primed them for the thinking animal puppy faces, right? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bestiality in Washington. <laughs> You're sick, people. You're sick. When do you think it became illegal? Um, what's your guess? Okay, I'm just gonna go with the year that um Mickey Mouse stopped publishing 2015. Okay, not quite that recent. But I know. I, I did 2000, 2006, which is super recent. Yeah. And um it became illegal when Senate Bill 6417 was unanimously passed. Good idea. Which does not happen often. No, as we have found. It was passed to prohibit sexual activity with an animal, and I'll read it to you. To provide that animal cruelty in the first degree is committed when a person knowingly engages in sexual conduct or sexual contact with an animal. It also occurs when a person knowingly causes or aids another person to engage in sexual conduct or sexual contact with an animal. If you hold the animal, 
You're going to jail. Or provide the animal. Oh, yeah. Ew. A person who knowingly, we're going to get into it. Great. A person who knowingly permits such conduct or contact with an animal to occur on premises under their control, or who knowingly participates and as an observer, mm-hmm. organizer, promoter, or advertiser of such conduct is also guilty of animal cruelty in the first degree. Mm-hmm. And animal cruelty in the first degree is a class C felony in our state and is ranked at seriousness level three. So a person is convicted. Three out of what? Three out of what? Out of three. A person oh, that works. Okay. Yeah. A person who is convicted will, in addition to the penalties for the felony, must refrain from harboring or owning animals or residing in a household where animals are present must permanently relinquish all animals residing in their household to an animal shelter or humane society, three, participate in appropriate counseling, and four, pay for the animal shelter or humane society costs for taking care of the animal. If the court has reasonable grounds to believe sexual conduct or sexual contact with an animal has occurred, it may order the seizure of all animals involved. An exemption is created for accepted animal husbandry practices or accepted veterinary medical practices. For like breeding when they jack off the doggos. Yes, by a licensed veterinarian or or certified veterinary technician. So notice that you must be certified or licensed, Mm -hmm. but we know that that often is not the case. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of unofficial sending of spermage, collecting and delivering. Mm-hmm. of um specimen why do you say we know that because we know that do we know that yeah how do we know that because your dad shared a story he went to a vet the vet didn't he was in the room licensed vet okay there was it was a licensed mm-hmm. jerking it was a licensed jerk <laughs> he paid a lot of money to have that licensed jerk i bet there's a not a lot of unofficial i'm just saying I know, I know. I just, I had to clarify that I didn't know that, but I would say <laughs> it does not shock me. Um, I've heard worse. I don't like the word husbandry. Why is that the term? Hmm. I don't like it. Okay. Um, so that's the law in our state. There are no exceptions for someone who... Perchance might enjoy having their dog lick peanut butter off their privates. No um, exceptions. If you need to know what your state laws are, please go to your state website. Your I'm state sure law website. Just know they may flag you for searching that. <laughs> hey, the things I have searched. Oh, I can't even. I, I'm shocked at this point. I haven't been rated for something. This podcast could get us in a lot of trouble. Only if it comes to that. Only if, yeah. I read a great article from in the Journal of American Academy of Psychiatry and the Law. Mm. It's a commentary called Zoophilia and the Law by Rebecca Ranger and Paul Federoff. Mm, I like zoophilia. Yes. So zoophilia is a DSM diagnosis. Is it? Yep. In the DSM-5? Yep. What? Yeah. What? Where's my book? It's one of the most stigmatized and misunderstood of all the paraphilias. 
I'm teaching my counseling students this tomorrow in my diagnosis class. <laughs> well, listen, because I'm going to get into it. Good. Unlike bestiality, zoophilia is not a legal offense. Hmm. Some paraphilias are also legal offenses, such as pedophilia. Mm-hmm. Yes. The term zoophilia, zoophilia is problematic as it is defined is in the a, DSM, just a, like a lot of diagnoses in the DSM. It is yeah. problematic. Is it a subtype? Is that why it's not standing out to me? Well, it's one of the paraphilias. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay, which there's fine. like seven of them or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. Um, like pedophilia and transvestism hmm. is also in there. Um, so this is problematic, as are many diagnoses in the DSM. And we're counselors, we can say that. Yeah. So zoophilia is subsumed under the general category of other specified paraphilic disorders. Hmm. Okay. Paraphilic disorder exists when recurrent, intense, sexually arousing fantasies, sexual urges, or behaviors currently cause distress or impairment to the individual or whose satisfaction has entailed personal harm or risk of harm to others. So either it's harming you, like your your functioning is impaired or you're distressed about it or someone else is being harmed. So those have to be met, those criteria, or you don't get the diagnosis you'd think yeah so zoophilia then is defined as recurrent and intense sexual arousal involving animals okay mm-hmm. but the diagnosis does not differentiate between the sex or type of animal there is no specification in the diagnostic criteria concerning what kind of sex acts is it about okay is it about attraction or the actual sex acts it doesn't differentiate. That's oh. the thing. That's oh, what part that's of why problem. it's problematic. Yeah, that's a problem. So if you have, if you're turned on about anything involving animals, and it distresses you or harms someone else, then you're going to get the diagnosis. Interesting. There, so there's no specification about what sex acts, if any, occur with the animal, or under what circumstances, or for what purpose. So this lack of specificity of um, makes comparative studies very difficult and useless. And the discussion is really complicated by the vague way bestiality is defined on the legal side. So yeah. by legal authorities, mm-hmm. because bestiality is a legal offense. And so things get convoluted. Yeah. And there's probably interesting. Because so is pedophilia, for example, there are legal implications to that as there are, it also exists in the DSM, but they, um, maybe it's just more, more clearly defined perhaps. Mm. No, no, it's, this is all part of the same little snippet in the DSM. Okay. So it's like one of those many that will be flushed out eventually, like, and it'll be its own thing. Who knows? Maybe. If I don't burn it all to the ground before that happens. Good plan. Um, I have no intent or plan to do that, by the way. Wait, let me ask you that. Do you have, <laughs> do you have a plan or intent? I have no plan or intent to do that. Will you please contact the local <laughs> safety crisis hotline? I will. Like you might I will harm call someone or yourself. 100%. 
hundred percent. Yes, we, we have the eyes and we have now safety plans. Great. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Thank you. The lack of specificity in the diagnostic criteria for zoophilia, combined with the lack of standards in the legal responses to bestiality, really exacerbate problems. So most of the studies on zoophilia exacerbate and they rhyme. Uh, Most studies on zoophilia are going to be either single case reports, case studies, or based on um, forensic studies of people who have come into contact with the law. So like not a, good a, samples. Yeah, case studies or like... Uh, like um, uh, People in prison. Yeah, what's it called? Where they like try to apply a theory to an idea, but it's not actual research. Right. Yeah. Limited generalization. Unhelpful in lots of ways. Informationally interesting. Anecdotally interesting. You are anecdotally interesting. <laughs> Please this is, be my friend. <laughs> these are the same problems that arise in studies of other paraphilias. Mm-hmm. For example, it is accepted that child molesters do not all have pedophilia mm-hmm. and not all people yes. with pedophilia abuse children. Yes. The problem is worse, though. The convolutedness is worse, though, in the cases of people with zoophilia, because the diagnostic criteria for zoophilia and the legal penalties for bestiality are more variable than with pedophilia. So it could be a kind of all over the board for how they get punished, maybe depending on where they're at, like what yeah, the judge thinks. Just having a sexual a, a attraction <gasps> or interest to animals. To the baby face. If it's a cuter animal, do you get a harsher sentence? No, because that should that's be a research a study. There's no specificity. What? We, I don't want to do that research study, but someone needs to do that research study. So linked to a past topic, for example, with furries. Um, zoophilia is a condition that is more likely than pedophilia to be simulated. So with furries, it's could be simulated in some cases, but it's important to recall from our past topic that furries represent a wide range of interests. Mm-hmm. It may include people who are sexually interested in role-playing the idea of being an animal, as well as people mm-hmm. with fetish sexual interests that may involve furry costumes or the idea of gain, engaging in sex right. with an animal. I mean, so that would be zoophilia by proxy, but some mm-hmm. furries are not sexually motivated at all. It's more creative expression and social belonging. And some people even identify as the animal. Mm -hmm. It's not a costume at all. It's like, I'm a human who identifies as a fox. That's baby face. So, yes. And I think that it's super important to not pathologize fetishes. (laughs) Because having a fetish is not necessarily bad. It is... There are like, there's like a line there when it harms others or manipulates or like. Well, that's why this one is tricky because the part where one of the criteria is that you may be in stress, distress or impaired in some way that could be very cultural. Say for example, if you're involved in a very religious community and kind of you're internalizing some of the stuff and that's Mm -hmm. causing distress yeah for like if you saw a horse mating in a field and for some reason you go 
oh, I'm a little turned on right now, but you're very religious and that's not okay, then that may bother you for a really long time. And, and then you would meet criteria. Which is insanity to me. <laughs> DSM. DSM. Causing problems by making labels. <laughs> Ding. Pathologizing normal human behavior. Ding. All behavior is human behavior. Oh my God. I'm, um, I'm a human. Can we make t-shirts? Are you a human? Sometimes. <laughs> when I remember. There is some evidence that during the Middle Ages, zoophilia may have been a tolerated practice until around the 16th century. They killed a lot of chickens back then. They just chopped their heads right off. When zoophilia became religiously and therefore culturally shamed, shame, oh, shame, because of prohibitions against all non-reproductive sexual activities. <sighs> zoophilia was regarded as a sin against God and nature. Because interspecies sexual activity, by definition, cannot produce children. Once this philosophical shift began, many confessions of sexual relations with animals were extracted by torture and often also included confessions of witchcraft and wizardry and consorting with demons or the devil. Okay, our topics do have a lot of interesting overlaps. I know, right? They really did. <laughs> Very close. As a result, the phenomenon of zoophilia changed phenomenon. from being a tolerated behavior to one that was punishable by death. death, death. Um, I'm going to do a brief political soapbox. Can I? Okay, go ahead. I have to. Go ahead. Do you want to say something? First? I shouldn't say cats are using mind control, so are babies. We've already established that in my episode, so or my section. Okay. So, so don't trust babies. So maybe having your religious I don't trust anybody making having to do on trust no one, babies. question everything. I want that on my tombstone. I'll remember that. Okay. Your children won't do that. I will do. I used to want it to be bourbon and bad decisions or bad choices, but I've changed it. No, you were a whiskey girl. I know. So it was just the alliteration I was seeking. No, but I'll put that, like, even if your kids say no, hell no, I'll go out there and etch it with a rock. No, my kids would be all in. That's true. They probably won't. It would be my mother who would frown in disapprovement. We'll put it on the back of the tombstone. She won't even see it. She'll be standing in the front of it. I'm pretty used to her disapproving look. I've experienced it my entire life, so <laughs> I'm sure I can I'll be all endure it in the afterlife. No, you know, now that we've been to so many graveyards together, it's a weird thing to say. We've been to so- <laughs> That's something we can say. We can. Um, now that I now know that there's like a whole Asian section of, fu- of Are you going to put me in the Asian section? I had no idea. I'm actually wanting to go into the Jew section, so just BT dubs. Oh gosh, yeah, there's a whole other one for that too. Yeah, I don't there's like okay it's its own graveyard actually oh that's nice so it's like we just we don't like to intermingle <laughs> got it okay all right good to know it's called mount nebo i'll just send your it's mom small to another mighty. person named naomi's grave in it's, the asian section letter frown and disapproval already we're forgot. all used to it i already forgot what you wanted to put on it <laughs> sorry it's God. okay it's been a long time okay I'm just going to do a brief uh, political thing because I have to. Because these times we're in. Um, so modern legal phrases 
previously describe bestiality as quote unnatural or perverted sexual practice unquote or quote crime against nature unquote or quote sodomy unquote or quote buggery unquote buggery wow so it is interesting that many of the statutes in the u.s focus on the term sodomy or other terms that have been also used in um, historical laws against homosexuality. Mm -hmm. Okay, my brief political statement. Judge Clarence Thomas, following the overturning of constitutional protections that have been in place for 50 years for abortions. Roe versus Wade. Sends me and I'll say it and I don't care. Boo! Um, so he, at, following that, he said that next he wants to look at contraception, sodomy, Boo. and same-sex marriage, Boo. which has the potential for more devastating impact to women and LGBTQ individuals. Of course, states will still be able to make their own laws, but we just saw 13 states had, and mm-hmm. I just learned this term, trigger laws. Yes. Just Me too. I learned waiting that too. for this decision. So our own neighbor state, Idaho, um, mm-hmm. abortion will be illegal 30 days following the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. And so I'm extremely concerned about what may be coming. Extremely concerned. And I think anybody that gives a shit about anything should also be concerned. And please do not just be complacent and think that just because something is in place now that it will be in the future or that it doesn't impact you specifically the supreme court is really swinging their dick around right now okay off my soapbox fuck them i may go back on later but i'm gonna step off it's very upsetting it's very upsetting i was very upset i mean okay back on back on i mean we're looking at the potential for states to be outlying gay marriage Mm -hmm. um targeting specifically Um, gay men i mean what the fuck having birth control control illegal excuse me okay you you know what are you kidding me you can't have birth control illegal and abortion illegal (laughs) sterilize your men then first of all uh like if put money into foster cares and and all like there's so if you if this was actually about babies babies well then we would and what a lot of people are saying with babies and i haven't really given this enough thought to know if this is my thought or not yet but what a lot of people are saying that this is all just a distraction away from gun control i heard that too um because i actually saw like because that oh wait that's is happening. impacting lives it's like oh look at that right there like I mean, are we caring about life or are we on a political agenda so. of course it's a political agenda of course it is i haven't but thought it about it enough people. to know where i stand personally but I do want to repeat that. Many people that I respect have said that. Yeah, I mean, I I personally and other people in my life have been impacted by this specific topic and it is something No, I'm sweaty about it. Yeah, it's I'm like sweaty about it, seriously. I've yelled I've yelled back at protesters outside of Planned Parenthood <laughs> many a times. Why do you bring your children out here? Because now I'm going to fucking swear in front of them because it's your fault for bringing them here. Who does that? Parents 
Uh, I'm just in a public parking lot. <laughs> Leave me alone. Stop harassing oh me. It's horrible. And the way they're treating doctors now, like for these clinics that are closing, like they're just trying to help people. Like, can you let them like close with some dignity and not like harass them and like thre- threaten violence? Like, fuck off. We live 30 minutes from the Idaho border. Like I this is impacting us like very that. closely. Oh, I forgot your I'm much closer. Ooh, I see you a, can smell the I air. I see a many a Trump flag <laughs> on the back of a pickup. It's like, it's like the election never happened. And let me just say this, we'll pause. Okay. If this information is shocking to you, then you're probably not a regular listener of our podcast. We'd love to welcome you to our ideas and our thoughts. We want you to be a member of our community. We welcome open minds. That's all. Open minds. Yeah. I mean, you can disagree. We disagree all the time. We just (laughs) would like, uh, we debate out all the Respectful disagreement. Yeah. Like we can... We can be respectful. Yeah. Okay. Back to I my... mean, I don't think I was just respectful by swearing at the other people protesting. You were a poor example. I'm always I'm a poor example, <laughs> but I don't whatever. It's, it's okay. fine. So I want to um say back to bestiality. Here we go. Back. Back to the topic. Turn the car. Legislation describes bestiality with visceral disgust. I I looked up Rhode Island's law. So it says every person who shall be convicted of the abominable and detestable crime against nature with any beast shall be imprisoned, not exceeding 20 years, nor less than seven years. Holy cow. So the way that it, I mean, that's, that feels like biblical hellfire and damnation language. And can I just say, this is real quick back up on the pedestal. Um, the people who are currently sitting in those positions, making those decisions now, uh, like have some of the most marred backgrounds and like, who are you to say anything to anybody about anything? Okay. And I'm back off. Go ahead. Okay. No, we, let's just keep the soapbox nearby. I let, and we can just, I just needed to pull it step, over. Step just, on it as needed and then put it back towards the wall. It's fine. I mean, there's a lot going on right now. And I feel like you have to one of them, like, refer to be towering with whatever that other word is. Like, guys, just do that. Okay. Okay, fine. But like, I'm in distress. You may do that, but don't, you know, then like take your shame out on other people. Research on on zoophilia has been limited, (laughs) as I mentioned. Due to stigma, I don't imagine many people voluntarily bring this up in therapy. Right. I mean, who's going to bring that up? Nobody. Because it's hugely stigmatized. Yes, it's hard. And I'm, I mean, working with people who have other mental health diagnoses and also have something like um, even pedophilia, even zoophilia, like they may have other mental health conditions that they need treated. Right. But we'll have fear about treatment because of the stigma that goes along yeah, with so it. Yeah, so it becomes a barrier to treatment. So there have been a very small few non-forensic studies. Um, and one of the, I'll say largest, with quotes, because it was still really small, involved 82 males That's not large. <laughs> and 11 female zoophiles. So this is one of the largest studies. 
because I it's difficult like, like people aren't going to just step up for this I mean I was a huge fan of Zootopia so I kind of like the word zoophile that's great get a bumper sticker <laughs> no <laughs> sounds like a bad idea now that I know more so these participants <laughs> completed questionnaires regarding their motivation and involvement in zoophilic behavior. And the author of this study named Maletsky found that most subjects reported being happy and were not interested in altering their behavior. So unless you could find some way that this was harming someone else, then it wouldn't qualify actually for the diagnosis. Right. Like, I, I mean, most diagnoses in the DSM have this kind of stipulation must cause disturbance across multiple areas of your life. But it would qualify for the legal offense bestiality. So you could maybe not qualify for a diagnosis, but still so that's why it's charge. so convoluted this mm -hmm. whole thing. Yeah. Okay. So this, so zoophilia isn't necessarily like hurting an animal. What, but then how do you know? Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I was, a, I was, quite how do you know? Okay. So you don't know. I mean, going back to my peanut butter example oh which was in jest jest but but people do that i mean how many well. how many porns how many of you out there have done that <laughs> how many nipples junk i think it's, i think it's very common i mean just anecdotally speaking anecdotally some of you may have to, to do that uh, but that would qualify you for the legal offense of bestiality. But you still wouldn't qualify for the mental health part. Like and I mental would health say, health, so it's a behavior is what they're saying. I'm going to just conject that, that that would not be animal cruelty. I'm just saying. I mean, no, the animal is not consenting, but I don't think that's like. Most animals animal. don't consent to much from what I've heard. Right. So animal activists, like, of course, are like 100% across the board. I get that. Like, I don't want nothing with anything. animals I, ever. I get that. So I'm just guessing that animal activists would not be against the peanut butter I mean, junk scenario okay, this either. Is another commonality of like, I could have gone the PETA route talking about dog breeding. And yeah. like, it's there. I don't necessarily disagree with what they're saying, but it is a very hard line stance. Like, there is no room. There's no shit. There's no, there's no perspective. Yeah. Other perspective. There's no room. Perspective. Yeah. Um, and that's just not where we it's live. It's a perspective. We live in the world of shades let's, of gray. Let's take a, a bird's eye view. Um, okay. Let's do that. <laughs> uh I bet some people are into birds. I was just thinking like the beaks would be real sharp though. It made me think of the bamboozled episode. With like the birds pooping and like they, they like pickpocket people in the specific spot where the bird shit to like grab their wallet. So another commonality between our topics is this is another like you decide people. You decide. Yeah. I'm just We're delivering not making your decisions for you. I'm not saying what's what be I'm an adult delivering some an info. 18 and over, just a reminder, podcast. So you make your own decisions. We don't care. Some individuals have declared their sexual attraction to animals to be an orientation and have coined the term zoosexual. That's what I was wondering because I'm I'm feeling like there's differences, which makes sense, right? Like there is there is the attraction, there is identity, there is like there's sexual first of all, sexual and identity, we know are different. And I'm pretty sure on one of those like my strange addiction on TLC, somebody like married their horse. I'm sure. 
I saw someone that straight up Somebody like definitely married their car. Loved his inflatable inflatable <laughs> pool toys. <laughs> so like I'm just saying Did like, you see the one where the guy was like doing it with his car? I think that was the same guy. He had the pool he it had was the a little and the car. And he was like was cleaning little, the car. I felt like they showed too much but, for my No, I agree. I, I was feel like, like oh, we're I, a little intimate now. Like this is better. Because time. of the stigma, like I feel like they don't understand. They didn't understand what's happening. No, they were just want to shock value. Yeah, they were like, look at this. And we we're like, he's having sex with a car. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't want to see that. No. <laughs> like I get like, it. Like he means it. He's not joking. He means it. You think you're being funny. He's serious. He's gonna yeah, ejaculate I felt, in the next three seconds. No, I felt like it crossed the line for me. Like I'm like, ooh, I'm not watching this. But anymore. to me, this reminds me a bit of our baby diaper lovers episode too, of like our BDL folks. Like that is like a subcategory of a thing that could be looked very down on. It could, yeah. And I just want to. And as we've shared, there are a lot of positives. <laughs> Road trips. I'm gonna have to listen to that episode again. I think I disclosed a lot. I you did you you may have disclosed too much but it's too late story of my life on this podcast i don't don't know it's in the ether now you're welcome we enjoy you that's why we do this i mean and mostly for us but we like that you like it too it's a fun hobby um some zoo files also prefer to use the term just straight up zoo to Mm. encompass sexual attraction and emotional attachment to their animals it gets rid of the Philia part that has a lot of stigma. Yep, yep, yep. So good old Alfred Kinsey of the Kinsey oh, scale, yeah. bringing it back. Sexual. Sen- yep, yep, scale. yep. Who wrote the sexual orientation scale? Mm-hmm. Kinsey reported forty to fifty percent of males in farm communities have had sex with an animal at least once. What? And I'm here to tell you, when I first moved up to this area from California. I had a friend from Montana and I used to go visit them all the time. And it was just like common talk. I was about to say the dudes would just like fuck sheep. I went to Mount Spokane. And they would talk about how the sheep had a vagina that felt like a female vagina. Ew. I didn't it was like common talk and it was not stigmatized. It was laughed at, like it was funny. Yeah, I but it was not stigmatized stigmatized in like far north spokane rural it was like a like a like a drunken dare kind of a hazy kind of thing that's how i've heard of it too is more of a like ha 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 social yes yes and it's like you're kind of horrified by that but then like you laugh it off has been but if you were the guy that fucked the sheep you were not shamed you weren't like ostracized excommunicated or sent to jail for 20 years or put in therapy no yeah were the sheep harmed? Nobody knows. I mean, I do feel bad for the sheep in all of these scenarios. I just want to say, like, a pie may be better if we want to go back to that scenario. Sheep strong. You Hashtag. know, they make they make some some tools for that now. But like, by all means, go get attracted by whatever attracts you, and then just shows how that. much culture plays into what's legal what's considered pathological we we talked about that too in kind of a i think i don't remember what what episode but where we talked about yeah that one 
Oh, I was going to talk about like when I almost burned the house down. I mean, different, but yes, okay. the pedophilia one, because we talked briefly. I don't remember where it came up at, but we were talking about like age and like the ages of like when women were being married to like much older men, like young girls. Oh, the polygamy episode. Because they're being married at such a young age, like girls. These are girls. And they were very much indoctrinated in the culture that this was cool. And that's okay. And that is totally accepted in that culture. It's totally normal. But that's, yeah, but that wouldn't be deemed mental. But there'd always be that like breakout middle child that was like oh fuck no yeah uh -uh. I'm going for the wall (laughs) right (laughs) but that's what I think is really interesting like when you mentioned culture there because I think that um our we have to just acknowledge at some point that every our lived experience our political social laws all impact how we view right and wrong everything yeah everything that's all schema our schemas are impacted and you must recognize, don't mean right wrong. It just means exists. Um, I need another drink of wine because <laughs> I'm about to dive into the Enum Cloth sex pause? case. Do you want to pause? Can you just grab it off the counter? Oh, that's what I'm saying. Can I go do that? Yeah, go do that. Is there only one? Because you said grab it. Oh, it's a mostly drank bottle of wine on the counter. So we can, do we need glasses? There's a cabinet. So I'm not going to pour it in here. I no, yeah. You did that get, that one time. Get the well. bottle and two glasses. Okay. And I will share some backstory. I will sum up. Oh. I want to say overall, the authors, authors of this commentary were seeking to debunk the contention of another paper that had stated that those who engage in zoophilic acts are at heightened risk of offending other humans sexually. And I have to say, these authors nailed the debunking on all counts. Very hot in just this room for me. It is really hot in here. (laughs) I'm sweating. Should I, if... Should I pull back the curtain? I'm regretting wearing jeans. I think you should have worn half jeans. I feel moist. Half jeans, like I wore. This is such a smart idea. Okay, let's do that. Okay, intermission. Sorry, my ears are sweaty. Okay, Enum Claw horse sex case of two thousand I didn't just want to present a gross out story. So that's why I wanted to give Lead some in. background. That's why I give it some depth. Unknowingly did my topic first. <laughs> to give more depth. Baby face, which just shows you are innately biologically attracted to animals, baby faces, whether you like it or not. But probably not sexually. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Who am I to but Maybe, but like maternally at some level, which is not natural i mean but people it is. do put their animals in strollers no they put turn little them baby little, clothes on them like what if that got rolled and diapers that is <gasps> inhuman you now have 20 year sentence who knows what's right? coming who honestly knows? everybody should be scared right now but instead of being scared be fearless well turn turn that fear into action mm-hmm. in 2005 an Enumclaw area man who authorities said helped run a farm where people had sex with animals 
was charged with a misdemeanor trespassing charge in connection with a Seattle man's death. Police began investigating James Tate, age 54, and another man. (laughs) There's going to be this another man in the story. A lot of an unnamed man who lived at the rural Southeast King County farm. King County, that's over West Side. West Side. After the Seattle man, Kenneth Pinion, an engineer who worked for Boeing, died of injury suffered during intercourse with a horse Mm. at a neighboring farm. That horse kick him in the head? Like, which head? No, no. No, no, Macy. No. Think about it. Sex with a horse. Think mm-hmm. about it. Was, I mean, getting kicked makes sense. He was the receiver. Oh, I made I made a judgment there. You did. I made a judgment. You did. I was wrong. Uh, he was. Pinion was catching. I'm. I'm just saying, <laughs> not to be crude. Um, Pinion and Tate and a couple of other unidentified men. <laughs> There's always them in every story. I'm gonna also put that on your tombstone. <laughs> Unidentified woman, Naomi. <laughs> they so they filmed and distributed zoophilic pornography of pinion receiving anal sex from a stallion under the alias Mr. Hands. So I love how they protect the horse's identity <laughs> identity by giving it an alias Mr. Hands. I mean, I appreciate that. The horse appreciates that. Mm-hmm. Yes. After, the horse don't give a shit, but he appreciates it. <laughs> after engaging in this activity on multiple occasions over an unknown span of time, Pinion received fatal injuries on one such incident. Mm. The criminal trespassing charge stems from the July 2nd bestiality session in question that involved Tate, Pinion, and a horse on a neighbor's in a neighbor's barn Hmm. according to the king county medical examiner's offices the seattle man pinion died of acute peritonitis due to perforation of the colon Mm -hmm. because horses wieners are big thank you for clarifying i'm just just need to point out the biology here the long they can touch the ground it's long long dong Pinion had previously lost the ability to experience certain sensations, certain sensations, after a motorcycle accident, and he had begun to seek out increasingly extreme sexual acts, such as the insertion of extremely large dildos or fisting and receptive anal sex with horses. So, I mean, that's where where it ends up, people. In the early 2000s, he found a group of men online nicknamed Zoos who began meeting at the farm for communal weekends. So this farm was advertised as like a place to go. Like there were animals available. The group filmed one another being anally penetrated by horses and sometimes engaged in sex with each other afterwards, which is also filmed and posted, they posted the videos online. So that helped um, garner attention and 
like get people to come out to the farm yeah. which was actually like sort of a business so there was like a business I investment that, I in this money being tied to this yeah yeah of, like people would pay money to come out here really similar to porn industries you know animals aside with humans where they like try to find people with abnormally large peniles to penetrate people and then they pay money for it so when I first heard about this, like back in the day, like in real time, I don't really know about that, Dad. I felt bad for potential animals. Like I, that was the side I went on at that time. No, that's what I was thinking. Because too. if it's a destination, like mm-hmm. oh my gosh, are like sheep or like other animals just being like used, used, abused, yeah. like yeah. hurt? You know that that was where my mind originally mm-hmm. went. I was like, oh no, poor animals. So the group filmed each other and then they posted the videos online. According to Charles Mudid, co-writer of the 2000 documentary, 2007 documentary film Zoo, which I did not watch. I tried, but it was unwatchable. The men trained the horses to... Quality or content? I, I got through three horrible minutes in the beginning. It's just horrible. It was like a long time of like long this shot or there's like some light in the distance and then you finally realize oh it's people walking out of a tunnel and then oh i hate that it started talking about coal miners and i'm like i'm, I'm just done i'm out no. i can't <laughs> i'm here for something specific no i want to like into the personalities mm-hmm. like you know the psychology of it of course mm-hmm. i want to know the people involved and like their motivations and we have a vague dsm diagnosis we need to flush out please <laughs> So in this documentary, apparently, um, the men trained the horses to penetrate them by stripping, applying a horse breeding pheromone, mm-hmm. and then bending over. And then I guess the horses would just be attracted to that and just mount them and yeah, go they at just it. Do it. And, I mean, and horses do that in breeding. Like it's literally like a sockish looking sleeve when they do horse breeding to gather i haven't done this personally just uh i know i'm look like i'm no holding, you're like holding, holding a lot with two hands they're like what are you holding right now Macy? that's a horse stick in a sleeve <laughs> remember how i mentioned that they held pets in kimono sleeves it's like that but a horse stick in a sleeve <laughs> again daddy should stop listening a long time ago it's so, like you're holding a, a lot of weight there it's a lot I mean, could you imagine the force behind that so the horses are not like into the people this is just they're not biology this is pheromones and like we talked about the pets too like just because we feel like they have a baby face we humanize them doesn't mean that they feel that same way back right we do that (laughs) so stop humanizing anthropomorphizing you can be nice to them but don't anthropomorphize In 2015, this filmmaker guy, Moody, wrote that the men had a sexual fixation on large penises that may have had nothing to do with the horses. So the horses were just like the vehicle of the large penis. Which sounds like what you described. Like he had lost sensation, so he was probably trying to find more and more uh, stimulation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he also believed Pinion did not truly love horses and was not a true zoophile. Yeah, the attraction wasn't there. Although Pinion did have a cast created of the penis of his favorite horse. Yeah, that can be named sexual though. Strut. Well, that's cute. <laughs> Sassy. Apparently, Strut's identity has not been protected. 
Mm-hmm. Poor Strut. Strut holds that in shame his whole life. I, I mean, that's I, not shame Strut. It was not Strut's fault. For pheromones, people. <laughs> pheromones. <laughs> Who can withstand pheromones? Nobody. And I think, again, this goes back to difference between sex and attraction and identity. Okay. You can be attracted and not sex somebody. Yeah. I do that all the time. And you can sex somebody and not be attracted. Right. It goes the other direction. And you can have an identity that has nothing to do with either of the two. Exactly. It's complicated, people. You really think nature is simple? It's complicated. Oh, let's put that on my headstone, too. It's complicated. It's complicated. I will. Sergeant John Urquhart (laughs) of the sheriff's officer office said that typically men were having sex with a horse on the property of James Tate. But on this particular night, the horse wasn't being particularly receptive. Mm. So Pinion Tate and a third unidentified man. snuck into the barn on the neighbor's farm that night the men would often visit the neighbor's farm for sexual purposes unbeknownst to the neighbors how would you feel if you learned that people were sneaking onto your property and fucking your horse i would be pissed i would be really mad about it and we'd have some words so Either Pinion or the unidentified man. The third man. Reported Tate being, recorded on the video, Tate being anally penetrated by a stallion known as Big Dick. Okay. Related or unrelated? We don't know. We're not sure where that name comes from. After finishing, okay, not my words, the words of the article. (laughs) Wow, touche. Words of the article. Well done. I'm just going to tell my dad not to listen to this episode. Go ahead. Tate then filmed Pinion being penetrated by the same horse. And during this incident, Pinion sustained internal injuries, including a perforated colon, which is very dangerous. Don't want to perforate that colon. The horse's owners said they had known their neighbors for years. The couple, who asked to have their names withheld to protect their privacy, don't blame you, said they were shocked when police showed them a home video of the incident after investigators seized that investigators seized from their neighbor's home. The couple would be shocking after watching the video identified their barn on their horse. So they had to watch the video. Mm. Mm, I know. I don't know how much of the video, but enough. enough. The authorities had to review hundreds of hours of videotapes to make sure no laws had been broken. I mean, they were really intent on this because all they could find that first was trespassing, I was gonna say trespassing and they right? really were like hell-bent on finding something more so they had to watch hundreds of hours of videotape you know but does that classify them as having a diagnosis i think so were they enjoying it i don't, I don't know. know were they distressed i, I don't mean, know can we put a heart rate monitor on them while they're doing this <laughs> and if their heart rate goes up and they you know get a little diagnosed or the woman you know it could be either it could be either or neither so police were also investigating whether there was animal cruelty involved. Yeah. And to me, that side is more of my concern in all of this. Yes. But interestingly, that would have only been charged if the acts were committed 
by forcing sex on smaller, weaker, weaker animals. So there's a total judgment though. Like that, I don't know if that's necessary to have that or not. Yeah, I mean, it's like, what does smaller, weaker mean? And and we are humans. I mean, this goes back to that anthropomorphizing. Certain, yeah. Like, how are we going to know how an animal is being impacted? Yes. Even if it's a big, and there's strong certain animal. States, there's certain states that view animals as property. Where, mm. like, there's certain like, states that view animal, women as property. Right. And animal abuse <laughs> and women abuse maybe not anymore but right, recently right, right. very but, recently and potentially in the near future so the the laws that are sorry. let's just keep our toe on the soapbox for the rest of the episode just keep it just I'm, on I'm leaning, one toe i'm leaning there i mean at this point i already forgot what i was gonna say i feel like that was the most important part. no that was important okay so authorities even though this was a very popular internet chat room t- destination for people who wanted to have sex with livestock authorities didn't learn about the farm until a man drove up to Enumclaw community hospital on july 2nd seeking medical assistance for a companion so he just dropped him off and like out of here like if your friend od'd scenario yeah yeah medics wheeled the man into an examination room before realizing he was dead when hospital workers looked for the driver he was out of there the man's death wasn't investigated as a crime um, or I mean, wasn't investigated really because it was, wasn't an, as a It wasn't a crime. a crime. Yeah, 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 yeah. But investigators couldn't find any injuries to the horse. So they really struggled to find suitable criminal charges and they were really wanting to. Um, so I they mean, couldn't find anything under animal cruelty If statues. you put a hole in the desk and slap some pheromones on there, that horse will fuck it. So, I mean, and it doesn't cause the horse any harm as long as you get the splinters out. I mean, this is big D after all. Right. There, so, quote, there is no evidence of injury to the animal to support animal cruelty charges, unquote, said Dan Satterberg, the county prosecutor's chief of staff. Quote, this is the only crime we can charge, unquote, referring to the trespassing charge. So I wanted to... Um, Could you imagine what other people are saying about this, though? Like, the flip side of that argument would be that... Um, could be that the horse criminally <laughs> assaulted him sexually... Like saying that horse is a rapist? Him, and murdered him. And, oh, and a murderer. Right. Murderer rapist. So maybe horse. this horse, whose name has been released, is a murderer. <laughs> Poor horsey. I'm, I'm on your we're side. If personify him one direction, let's personify him the whole way through. It's not your fault. Pheromones. Mm, is that a is that an excuse for human rape? I don't think so. I'm going to read a quote <laughs> by uh, Charles Moody, who did the documentary, mm-hmm. and this was in an interview with the Seattle Stranger. It was only after Pinion died when law enforcement looked for one way to punish his associates. Mm that the legality of bestiality in Washington state became an issue. The prosecutor's office wanted to charge Tate with animal abuse, but the police found no evidence of abused animals on the many videotapes they collected from his home. As there was no law against humanely fucking a horse, the prosecutors could only charge Tate with trespassing, unquote. I found this in owning an agency recently that um, all laws are made because eventually a law is broken that wasn't written. 
That's right. It's all reactive. So lawmakers resolved that in 2000, in the 2006 legislative session that uh, they would amend animal cruelty laws to include bestiality. Animal rights activists were also in support of the law to protect animals from being violated. So like I said, that was unanimously passed. The 2005 Seattle Times article that originally covered the case was their most read article of all time. And they were originally not going to report on it because it was so out there at that time. But people had started it's, talking about it. Clickbait. But this is pre, it. this is like early, early internet. Mm -hmm. And so they were originally not going to even report on it because it was like so bad. Mm -hmm. But people just um, clamored for it. People were fascinated and horrified. So it plays on that, like, sorry, it plays on like that whole, I, I go back to kind of like Greek God scenario of like, you have aspects of yourself that you may not fully identify with. And maybe you have like, there's nobody who's never, ever, ever thought anything about any, like you, if you see an animal having sex, you see that. You're right. not blind. Right, right. You're not blind. Yeah. So, I mean... I mean, a lot of kids I've heard that grew up in farms, that's how I learned about sex. Right. It's watching yeah. animals do it. Like, okay. Yeah. And so to me, it's, it's like a, there's these... Put that in the thingy. It's a lot of people's <laughs> own fears about themselves that gets projected onto other people. Like, yes, this may be an extreme case, but like not, first of all, many people, not saying many overall, but like there's... That's why I didn't want to just do the case yeah. because I didn't want it to just be like shock value. I wanted to give yeah. it give it layers. Some content. There's I layers. wanted to make it an onion. I was thinking a croissant. <laughs> and that's how we are different. <laughs> I also want to eat it. So that's all I've got. If you want to know more, if you can suffer through that zoo documentary, go for it. Let us know. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what happens after I minute mean, two point one. Very impressionable. So when she says <laughs> no, I say okay. Not gonna shy. It, it was. It was like a lot happening. Yes, and it, yet nothing happening. If you missed our last episode, please go check it out. After what was our last episode? We did the review, our special episode of brand new cherry flavor. Yes. yes. So go watch that show if you haven't already. It's on Netflix still, I believe. Uh, watch it. It's weird. We know. But guess what? We talked about bestiality today. So Which is also weird. I mean, weird is, is I mean, get used weird to is it. better than normal. I mean, most normal people is boring. Most people are weird. Even the normal people are some of the weirdest people I've ever yeah, they just, met. I've learned they to just, hide it really they well. Hide it really well. Behind Ugg boots and Starbucks and money. Oh, that's money. the same thing. Yeah, it's the same right. thing. Right. Okay. And uh, check out our website, things.com. Become we have a patron a store. for just a dollar. It helps dollar. support us um, to keep this going and make, because we will legit just hang out with each other and be fine with that. But also it'd be fun to make money. <laughs> it's not like we're making money, let's be clear. I mean, with inflation and everything, come on. I've people. lost money over time. Throw us a bone. Are you kidding me? Well, it's a hobby. I consider it like skiing. It is. I mean, neither of us can quit our jobs. Like I compare it to skiing. I snowboard. 
or snowboarding, but you know what I mean. Like it's you're, expensive. you're paying money. I got to pay for my equipment, blah, 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 you blah. You pay to play. But if you want to watch us do some backflips and shit, I don't know, help me pay for my entry fee. There you go. And insurance, <laughs> health insurance. Lots of health insurance. Until next time. Get on your soapbox. Now's the time, people. Now is not the time to be quiet and demure. Or baby-faced. Kill us.